With the Lucky Land Slots, you can get lucky just about anywhere. This is your captain speaking. Uh, we've got clear runway and the weather's fine, but we're just going to circle up here a while and uh, get lucky. No, no, nothing like that. It's just these cash prizes add up quick. So I suggest you sit back, keep your tray table upright, and start getting lucky. Play for free at LuckyLandSlots.com. Are you feeling lucky? No purchase necessary. Void where prohibited by law. 18 plus terms and conditions apply. See website for details. Okay, round two. Name something that's not boring. A laundry? Ooh, a book club. Computer solitaire, huh? Ah, oh, sorry. We were looking for Chumba Casino. That's right. ChumbaCasino.com has over 100 casino style games. Join today and play for free for your chance to redeem some serious prizes. ChumbaCasino.com. No purchases, prohibited by law. 18 plus terms and conditions apply. See website for details. Hello, it is Ryan, and we could all use an extra bright spot in our day, couldn't we? Just to make up for things like sitting in traffic, doing the dishes, counting your steps, you know, all the mundane stuff. That is why I'm such a big fan of Chumba Casino. Chumba Casino has all your favorite social casino style games that you can play for free anytime, anywhere with daily bonuses. That should brighten your day a little. Actually, a lot. So sign up now at ChumbaCasino.com. That's ChumbaCasino.com. No purchase necessary. VTW. Void. we prohibited by law. See terms and conditions. 18 plus. With Vanguard advice, no matter what your retirement goals are, they can help you get there and enjoy it for years to come. The financial journey is all yours, but you never have to take it alone. That's the value of ownership. Visit Vanguard.com and explore Vanguard advice. All investing is subject to risk. Fund shareholders own the funds that own Vanguard. Services are provided by Vanguard Advisors, Inc., a registered investment advisor. Is your post-match for Everton 1, well, Norwich City nil. Everton 1, I should probably say, because it was a car road. Uh, I'd like to say, joined in person by Mark Mosey. Obviously, we are socially distancing. We've observed all the rules. It's been a while. It's been a while. We are, <laughs> we are in person, though. We are quite far apart. So we'll have to shout into the, the microphone, which is <laughs> you know, probably a meter between both of us. Uh, but we're going to have a chat about that game. Um, hard lines, one at a time. Yeah. Um, Again, for Everton, another one of those games that you hoped the restart wouldn't be. Uh, and for Everton, it is exactly that at the moment. But I think that it depends what way you look at this in terms of Everton, in terms of being a creative flow going forward, are pretty much non-existent at the moment. But going back towards our own goal, we are everything that, that the restart promised, which was lots of clean sheets. <laughs> uh, and I think that's probably the the main positive that you take away from this game. Um, I think it's not necessarily in the realms of smash and grab, but to say that Everton overwhelmingly deserved a victory today would be stretching a lot. Yeah, I think. Do you think the manager probably deserves a bit of credit for that before we get get into the you know the nuts and bolts mm. of the game? That you know it's. We've spoken about managers before being pragmatic and like Ronald Koeman and, and Sam Allardyce and I don't really think they've been pragmatic but it feels a bit like Carlo Ancelotti's read the, the room a little bit when it comes to Premier League football coming back and has sort of realised that you, know, you get your defensive shape right, if you do mm. basic things properly, if you get a set piece you can nick one, if you have a few breaks like we did the other day against Liverpool you can nick a goal as well, it may, yeah. maybe you know, that, that's all you need at the moment to, to get by in these games because it is so fractured and so weird, isn't it, for everyone? Yeah, and I think we, we said after the Liverpool game that the the one thing that Ancelotti will have brought mainly in the three weeks that he's had solely to work with the players with no interruptions is that level of structure that he's able to bring to, to the formation which it seems like he's going to go with now. 
Um, the, the main worry for me with that sort of setup is that I'm not overly convinced that we've got the players to suit it. Um, and with the noises from Marcel Brands not necessarily being one of major overhaul, then it, it does leave you thinking that major decisions are required in the summer, be they around personnel or be they in terms of setup going yeah. forward. Well, you look at that midfield, and, you know, I don't want to linger too much on the negatives here because we've won a football match, but you, you, look, you look at that midfield yeah. and you can say of the, of the four lads that started in midfield today, 4-4-2 doesn't probably suit any of them. No, no, absolutely not. I think you, you look at all of them and say, well, some form of five in the middle allows a degree of freedom to Bernard. It allows someone like Awobi to drift in field occasionally. And it allows Andre Gomez and Tom Davis the, not necessarily the space, but the time and the affordability on the ball that they, it looks like they both need, but very seldom have when they are in that sort of setup. Um, I don't think either of them are good enough either going forward or going back towards their own goal to do the demanding role that a two in midfield does. Yeah. Uh, and we spoke during the game, I and mean, it, it's, it's the glaringly obvious point about Everton in that it's so easy to slice through us, and it seems like an impossible task for us to do it to the opposition. <laughs> uh, I think that that's probably what makes it more frustrating because we are we are not that type of side who are capable of pulling off the weapon that we know would hurt us so badly. Um, but I think in particular in the centre of midfield, if you are to pick on a couple of individuals today other than Richarlison who had a particularly quiet game, you probably do look at those two lads in centre of midfield and say, well, if you are going to go to what is essentially the worst side in the league, you need one of those to really perform and dictate the game. And I think that that's something that, as a club, we've never been very good at. But in particular, that for different reasons, they are two individuals that you would like to think had the point to prove in, in playing that role. Yeah, and um, we'll, we'll get on to... We'll talk about the match winner today to start off with. Mm. It's really... Yeah, I'm really keen to get on stuff about Michael Key forgive the, the double the, the, the pun there in that regard. But I think it's I think he does deserve his, his due credits because even yeah. after the derby at the weekend we spoke a lot about Mason Holgate, who was excellent, and Seamus Coleman, who was excellent. And Keane had a good game, but we didn't really speak about it. Maybe where he's guilty is a lot of people because he's not, you know, the most fashionable of players, mm-hmm. he's just sort of there, he does a job. But obviously the goal today and the fact that it was on the BBC and they highlighted his performance and sort of given a bit of extra credence to him, but I think when Yerry Mina got injured, there was a lot of people who were terrified about this lad being in the side. But mm-hmm. I suppose in the same breath, he played the last two games before lockdown. You know, he's come into the team and, and done well in the last couple of games. And the manager seems to like him. The mm-hmm. manager seems to like what he's doing. And I think the fact he's been in the team for the last two games when there's been a lot of focus on him and his position, and he's performed well in the derby, scored the winning goal tonight, spoke really well after the game as well. I think it's... It's a good sign for Michael Keane because I think in, in those positions where the pressure does seem to be on him a little bit, and there's a little bit of focus on him. In the past, he's he's wilted under that, hasn't he? Yeah, I think it, it's even more credit to him because everything that you that we talk about about what Ancelotti brings and and the type of style that he's he's trying to embed with these lads, he's probably the one that you think. I'm not overly sure if he's capable of pulling this off. Mm. We've seen so much about playing the ball forward and, and being comfortable on the ball. He's probably never really been that type of defender. Uh, and maybe maybe that's as a result of his, his climate at Burnley. And we were all kind of buying into that no-nonsense defender mm. and that, that sort of 
typically British centre half when we signed him. Uh, Everton have been a bit more like that in the last couple of games yeah. since, since, since the lockdown. Certainly, I mean, you know, it's been very much keep your shape and kick yeah, your head. Absolutely, in the yeah. I think that that's probably just a sign of the maturity. And, and we've seen Tim Cahill after the game talking about game management. And as much as I don't think that was really needed today, mainly because of the the lack of threat from Norwich. And possibly Keane has benefited from that, but they do look like a, a central defensive partnership who know when to do the right thing and when to get rid of the ball, when to play out from the back. I think Michael Keane looks like someone who's playing with a lot of freedom, um, and maybe that's a bit of a mental freedom having come out of lockdown. And I think he's relatively publicly discussed a lot of the challenges that he's had. Yeah, that's a great shot. And yeah. potentially on the back of, of opening up and, and not necessarily locking away some of the, the problems that he's had bedding into the entire football club. It's probably allowed him to concentrate more on the football. Um, so in terms of a partnership in the absence of Yerry Mina, they, they do look like being able to create some form of stability at the back for us. Um, that being said, we were lucky enough to come up against a Liverpool side who were who were obviously pretty lacklustre compared to normal, um, and a Norwich side who at this point look like they are destined for the Championship. Yeah. I suppose it, it helps have a Mason Holgate next one, doesn't it? Again, mm. you know, we were, we were watching the game there, we both said we thought the two central defenders were the, were the best two players on the pitch today. They have not didn't really have much in front of them in terms of a midfield shield and. You know, there's, there's one little bit of play at the end which I thought summed up really well how that the partnership works. It was, you know, Keane went to win a header and he just got under the ball a yeah. little bit. Pookie got, got ahead of him and it could have easily bounced into the box and one of the Norwich players could have got ahead on it. But Holgate was there on the cover, you know, to just sort of feed yeah. that fellow who's aware and to, and to kick it away. And I think that's the sort of thing you want to see from those lads where Keane can go and be aggressive and try and win things and Holgate's that one that just sits and tries to sweep up. Yeah, it's that development of an understanding that is what the next eight games is all about. I know we talk about Everton not necessarily having anything to play for, and, and that's debatable depending on how idealistic Europa League is to <laughs> you. But I think what, what the next seven games does present to us is an opportunity for so many of these individuals, so many of these partnerships to gain some form of foothold before next season. Yeah. I mean, in, in terms of individuals, you obviously look at people like Michael Keane, people like Moise Keane, having the opportunity to play slightly with the shackles off just to see what they can do and to buy into Ancelotti's philosophy. And obviously, in terms of partnerships, it is, it is an opportunity, again, because of the, the lack of necessity placed on these games, but also because of injuries to Yerry Mina that allows someone like Michael Keane to look alongside Mason Holgate yeah. and say, well, do you know what? It is us too, and there are no other options, so we've got to absolutely yeah. make this work. It's that kinship as well, I suppose, in that sense, isn't it, as well? You know, you know yeah. we, are, we are sort of like the, the last fast DNA he'll have to, yeah, know, yeah, absolutely, to, yeah. to make this work. And it's something we spoke about after the Liverpool game, and whereby as much as it is a hardship not being able to make the, the wholesale changes on 70 minutes that other teams are, there is that sense of belonging between these lads and whereby, do you know what, realistically there is only 14 or 15 of us who can pull this off. It's probably going to drive our legs into the ground because <laughs> a, a lot of them look like they were running through treacle at times, but there is, a, there is a necessity for these lads to gel very, very quickly. Um, and I think Michael Keane in particular will benefit not only from the game time, but having someone like Holgate alongside him who... For all we say about Michael Keane not being fitted to Ancelotti's style, I think Mason Holgate absolutely is. Yeah, uh, the only the only member of the back four I had the gripe with today was Luca Dean later on. Yeah. He, he, fancy not letting Lane Baines hit that free kick. 
Yeah, you know, I think every episode he was thinking this could be Wayne's <laughs> last goal for us. It was perfectly lined up for him. And you think, oh, come on, come on, Lucas, just just give it to Leighton. It is absolutely not worth Leighton Baines kicking a football if Everton fans aren't there because <laughs> no one watching at the game today of the 300 people no one watching on the BBC will ever appreciate that left foot more than any of the <laughs> 3,000 away fans would have done today but yeah nice to see him get a bit of a run out but it it is something with Luca Dean and I know we, we speak about the last couple of games and you do put that down to how hard it is for relatively high intensity players like him to get back up to speed but he is someone who has had question marks yeah. over his head potentially for the whole season but in particular since Christmas as being someone who who really does need to prove himself um, as, as much as we as Evertonians love Leighton Baines we should not be talking about him being a realistic probability of coming back into this 11 but you do find yourself watching him and thinking well maybe, maybe that is the way to go it's been a double-edged um, sword isn't it because we all, yeah, we all yeah. love Baines and want to, to play and see him before he eventually hangs up his boots but you want Luca Dean to drive him into the ground yeah, at the same time exactly. yeah, yeah. You, you are absolutely right but um, you, you like to think that so many of the issues that we are we are thinking about and that we are talking about a due mainly down to how stale and th- these footballers will be mm-hmm. on the back of a, a, a very strange 12 week break yeah and um, the, the first half not much happened obviously Everton mm. were on the back foot for a lot of it Norwich had the post with a deflected shot had a few free kicks and Pickford had to make one save um, and it was it was toil it was toil for yeah. Everton um, second half um, it was interesting to say that Ian Michael Keane then saying that they changed the way they played out from the back which mm-hmm. sort of helped Everton a little bit obviously Gilfie Sigurdsson came on and I think it, it did a couple of things that I think he was, you know, you were looking at pass, as a proper football nerd there, uh, <laughs> looking at pass completion rates throughout the game. Stats guru. And, um, you know, Sigurdsson was just using the ball better than mm. Tom Davis, which obviously is, is, is much better for Everton in that regard. Yeah. I did the other thing as well, which it did, was it, it helped bring Alex Wobe into the game a little bit. Mm. Just, just having that link between defence and midfield. And having that possession a bit higher up the pitch where you've got Sigurdsson who's a bit more comfortable on the ball and there's someone like Tom Davis. I think it just allowed Iwobi to be a bit more ambitious with his runs into mm. you know, central areas, going in behind. And I think that, that change, while, while Sigurdsson did do anything spectacular, he was just neat and tidy on the ball, he was composed, it really helped us get more of a foothold in the game second half. Yeah, I think the, the problem with the, the, the passing out from the back, I mean, the one thing that probably would have changed my mind in that first half was how well, towards the end of the half, that Dominic Calvert-Lewin was able to hold the ball up mm. uh, and Ancelotti will, will no doubt have looked at that from the sideline and thought well if he's capable of taking that ball down 60 yards from our own goal well let's build the play from mm. there I think we've problematically got a lot of midfielders who are at their best 40 yards from the opposition goal but you trust very few of them <laughs> playing sort of retention possession football in our own half and even um, the rest of the day was absolutely yeah, way, off, way off the pace yeah um, and him and Tom Davis in particular in the first half not only very poor on the ball in terms of even just the most basic of, of five ten yard passes but also very absorbent of opposition pressure and allowing people to drive through them um, Andre Gomez in particular in the first half being nutmegged at will by Norwich players I've never heard of um, <laughs> it, it's not necessarily legs dangled everywhere wasn't it from both yeah, of them, yeah. absolutely um, you know, as much as we talk about suitability to formation he is in particular one of them who very quickly now 
probably unjustifiably has a lot to prove in terms of how he fits into into the setup going forward. But yeah, Sigerson is absolutely not escaping any form of criticism for the season that he's had. But in games like today, whereby you're not necessarily going to be under a great deal of, of pressure on the ball, he is someone who, in, in that sort of luxury ilk of midfielder, he'll he'll take his time on the ball. He, if you want to give him five or ten yards of space to to recover and play a pass out wide and just generally keep it simple, then he'll do that all day. And, and potentially that's the type of game that yeah. he needs in the Premier League. Uh, the problem being that you don't get that those types of games at all. Um, I, I go back to the point that we are playing the worst team in the league after a 12-week layoff. Yeah. People like Gilfie Sigurdsson live for those types of games. Um, he strikes me as someone who looks absolutely fantastic in training, but it's it's his challenge now to rise up again in, in six or seven weeks or towards the start of next season and prove that he is still the footballer capable of doing that under pressure. Um, put on the spot now, I think most of us would say that that time has, has probably passed, but I think it was an ideal change today and one that, to Ancelotti's credit, was made on 45 minutes instead of 75. Yeah, and I mentioned as well a little bit earlier at Wobie as well. Got a lot of stick after the derby. Um, yeah. you know, some of it justified, not the, the best game. Um, first half today, he was in and out of the game. Um, but I think if you compare the two wingers, for example, in that first half, I think he was on the ball more than Bernard, showed more than Bernard, was looked more dangerous in the final third than Bernard as well. And then in the second half, he just went up another gear. He yeah. got confident, he was carrying the ball, he was, he was making passes. And that's, I suppose, in, in the main, you look at him and say, well, you know, this is why, this is what we want to see more of him. But in the mm. same breath, you say, well, this is why Arsenal probably yeah. happy to ship him off to Everton. Because he has these games every now and then that make you think, there's a player in there, there's a player in there. <laughs> and then he has a couple of games afterwards, which, which are great. But he was good today. He, he, certainly second yeah. half, he, he was really good on that right-hand side. Yeah, I think he, he managed to shake the the frustrating hesitancy that a lot of Everton's attacking players tend to have when they're on the ball. Um, it's been something that has been evident with Richarlison, I would say, for, for the last sort of season, really, in the... I, I can't really think back to many times where Everton players sprint with the ball at their feet yeah. and directly attack a full-back or, or a centre-half or whoever it may be. And you just saw glimpses of that of Iwobi in the second half, whereby you could tell that the freedom had not necessarily been given to him by Ancelotti to do those things but the game kind of just naturally transitioned into yeah. into that allowance of freedom for him out on the wing um, and Moise Keane was particularly guilty of it when he came on as well in whereby if you've got 20 or 30 yards of space to run into then prove to the opposition especially yeah. if it's Norwich the type of football that you can be and I think Awobi I, it's very evident now, even though we've only seen him what twenty or thirty times, that he is very much a confident winger. Um, the jury will will very much still be out on him, and I think his history with Arsenal and the fact that they were relatively willing to let him go will will hold him back in in the eyes of Evertonians a little bit. But it, it's nice to see him kind of gradually morph into that play that we saw against West Ham at home. Mm, yeah, and and that that was the game where you thought. He's an intelligent footballer. He's capable of sitting in between the lines and crucially picking out a final ball. I think that that was probably the the one issue coming into the club, very much akin to Theo Walcott moving from Arsenal as well, whereby when you do get to 30 yards out from goal, are you capable of that moment of intelligence or composure to pick someone out? I think we saw glimpses of that today with the crossing for Calvert-Lewin, who should have done better with the header. 
whereby we, we have got that midfielder who is capable of being the difference. I mean, the reason we bring players like Alex Awobi into the club are for those glimpses of attack and play, those split moments whereby you can turn a game from a draw into a victory or from a defeat into clinching a point. Yeah. And for the lack of, of what we've seen of him doing that, there were occasions, say, where you thought the footballer that we need is in there somewhere, yeah. but it's it's to what level you go to extract that and how difficult that is a challenge for Carla. Yeah, it's yeah, there's some there's definitely something there with him, but it's just consistency and it just 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 you know producing yeah. those second half forms on a regular basis. But um, overall then um we sort of say it's towards the end of that game there uh, as much as you know both games have felt a little bit you know below what we'd expect and below par yeah. from Everton at times the you know, before the lockdown, someone said to you, you can have four points from those first two games. You would have been delighted with that. Um, and, and Everton uh, in mid-table, they, they passed the 40 points mark now, which I think a lot of people were worried yeah. about, um, rightly or wrongly. Um, and they've got a week break now for the, the next game against mm. Leicester, whether they're back at Gullison Park. I mean, are, are, you, are you of the opinion that we should still be learning about next season in this this you know this spell of games we've got coming up, or maybe to the, the benefits of short term games, or do you look at it now and look at the Premier League, look at teams like Leicester who've struggled recently, look at teams like Sheffield United who got a hiding at Manchester United tonight, and think that the Europa League place is still pretty much there for Everton. I think for for too many seasons now we've looked ahead an unjustifyingly far amount, like we're. We, we've achieved all of our short-term goals, but we'll now use Marco Silva's experience or Ronald Koeman's experience or whoever it may be to build on their philosophy and achieve what we want to achieve in three to four years' time. Yeah. I think it's unrealistic to allow a manager, not necessarily the patience, but the, the affordability to throw away the present in terms of those longer-term goals. Yeah. I think what we've got to do is, ideally, we frank it into Europe. Yeah. I mean... The, the way that people talk about European football in relation to Everton and, and obviously pe- people are, are very much weary of the fact that we're going to burn out a, a relatively small squad and maybe it's better to put all of these long-term achievements off until later seasons. I mean, where has that gotten us over the last five <laughs> or six seasons? I think we absolutely go hell for leather to get into Europe. Um, we have got a not an unfavourable run of fixtures I mean there's a lot of teams coming up that, we, that that we've still got to play in particular the next game against Leicester and, and these sorts of sides as much as they've been able to put together sort of 18 months of good form the, ne- the next seven games are free for all. Yeah. all all form has essentially gone out the window because it's just how well how, how fit can you keep your players and how well can you manage football games and as much as the former is up for debate, we've got a manager who is capable of knowing how to win games when you not necessarily might be the best team on paper. But I think in the position that we're in now, we are very, very close to sneaking into a European place, which is what I would say the vast majority of our fans have craved for years and years. We live for European nights. We live for the ability to go abroad do things that this football club should be doing that it hasn't done for a long time. I think it's a, it's a massive opportunity, as we've said, for certain individuals, but also for the club to do something of, of, of note. Yeah, and I think that the manager feels like he's in that mindset. You know, we, we've not seen Benny Benningham yet and Ellis mm-hmm. Sims. And, you know, we've seen Andy yeah. Gordon in the derby, but he got a couple of minutes today. You know, we, we've not seen Keane, Stars and Richards and Push Wide. It feels very much like he's taken every game seriously. But how grim would it be getting in Europe? We couldn't go to any of the games. 
That would be disastrous. <laughs> I mean, every, everything I've said about ev- trying to propel Everton forward as a sporting entity, it, yeah. it is all primarily focused on us getting on a plane and going somewhere new with the Blues. Yeah, but finding a square and having a belly. But <laughs> as, as a fan, that is absolutely what it's all about. But you're right, as a as a as a footballer and as a manager, it, the most evident thing you could say about Everton after 180 minutes of football is it seems as though it's all about the results. Um, yeah. And if, if Carlo Ancelotti wants to take these next six or seven games seriously, then the prizes are there at the end of the season. Yeah, absolutely. Um, where are we in table now, 10th? I think it's 10th. About 10th. Yeah. Yeah, this is instant match reaction, so forgive our lack of professionalism <laughs> here, but uh, into the top half anyway. It uh, does feel like that European place is up for grabs, especially if City get binned from it as well. Yeah. Next season could go down to eighth, so um, you know who, who knows what's there for Everton come the end of the season. But uh, yeah, that's been your post-match reaction for Norwich City nil, Everton 1. We'll be back again on the Blue Room this week with all the usual content. Kickabout Weekly. Um, 11s will be back next week sometime on Blue Room Extra maybe early next week we'll see yeah I'm excited for Lucina Traore and Steve Simmonson to get their obligatory weekly yeah. mentions we'll have a chat about those lads in a few <laughs> more <laughs> uh, and then of course we'll be back um, early next week previewing the game against Leicester uh, week's rest for the toppies now but we carry on here on the Blue Room thanks very much for tuning in cheers to Mark and we'll speak to you again very soon at Firehouse Subs, a portion of every purchase helps provide life-saving equipment to first responders. We make our subs differently because our subs make a difference. Like our Italian sub, piled high with Genoa salami, pepperoni, and Virginia honey ham. Or our Firehouse meatball sub with zesty marinara, both with melted provolone and Italian seasoning. Your choice, just $6.99 each for a medium and only for a limited time at Firehouse Subs. Tap the banner now to start your order. Sports Social Podcast Network. Hello, it is Ryan, and we could all use an extra bright spot in our day, couldn't we? Just to make up for things like sitting in traffic, doing the dishes, counting your steps, you know, all the mundane stuff. That is why I'm such a big fan of Chumba Casino. Chumba Casino has all your favorite social casino-style games that you can play for free anytime, anywhere with daily bonuses. That should brighten your day a little. Actually, a lot. So sign up now at ChumbaCasino.com. That's ChumbaCasino.com. No purchase necessary. BDW. Void. We're prohibited by law. See terms and conditions. 18 plus.